0: Chapter 10 of Prisoner of the Mill This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ahmed Al-Sharif Prisoner of the Mill by Harry Hazleton Chapter 10 Hayward It is time the reader was enlightened somewhat as to the fate of Captain Hayward the wound he had received the night of the attempted assassination was severe but by no means fatal the loss of blood had rendered him very weak and for some time he remained insensible at the moment the blow was inflicted there was upon the other bank of the river and watching the Federals, a squad of rebel cavalry scouts the water into which hayward was thrown soon revived the wounded man he was seen by this band and carried to the house of an officer of the confederate army not half a mile from the spot here his wound was dressed it was not long before an order reached them signed by colonel brown to convey him to the camp of colonel price at ozark this order was low and immediately after the federals left grand prairie a boat was procured and Hayward placed in it, but half conscious, he reached the Ozark Bridge at the critical juncture already described in the chapter referring to the interview between Nitty Morton and Charles Campbell, and the interruption by Colonel Price, the rescue of Nitty by Falleaf, the approach of the Union forces, and the resolve of Charles Campbell to save the wounded captain. It was at the moment when Price was in pursuit of the Indian that Campbell, taking advantage of his absence and observing the approach of the Federals, hastily penned the note previously referred to and then pushed off with the boat down the stream in order to effect his escape with the prisoner. He began to hope that success would crown his efforts. The battle favoured his flight all that day and the night following he pursued his course it was his purpose to follow the Gasconade until he had reached the point nearest stroller where he supposed he would be free from the roving bands of rebels who were so numerous in the vicinity of springfield but his hopes were doomed to disappointment colonel price anticipating the direction he had taken immediately dispatched one lieutenant lewis most tireless wretch with a squad of ten men to intercept campbell and the prisoner captain just as the morning dawned campbell saw the pursuing party approaching pulling for the shore he lifted captain hayward in his arms and bore him into a mill which stood near at hand there he quickly concealed his charge in an upper loft and returned to meet the rebels he stated he had been captured by a party of the federals and conveyed to that point and that they had there released him upon his parole of honour. This story was generally believed, although one of the band appeared to be incredulous, and left his fellows for a pretended search. Not observing his absence, the remainder of the rebel band returned without him, taking care, however, that Campbell was not left behind. When this person entered the mill, he found Hayward leaning upon his elbow, quite conscious, but too weak to move. He perched before the wounded man and was silent. Hayward saw and recognised him. Are friends near was his feeble question. I am the only friend you have got in these parts, and I reckon as how ugly Jamie ain't just the man you want to see. You are one of my own men, returned Hayward that's a bit as well. will admit of some argument as the lawyers say i may be your man when i'm in springfield but you're my man now so don't kick up any fuss and after i have made you fast i'll tell you the rest ha ha he muttered to himself but walker shall pay me well for this saying this the rebel rascal left the mill not far from this mill in a rich log hut lived an old woman who gloried in the title of crazy madge and of whom the rude backwoods people of the vicinity stood in fear as it was almost universally believed among them that she was possessed of the devil she told fortunes with great correctness and employed the most singular modes in doing this such as burning powder and strange incense and the uttering of fearful imprecations and unearthly sounds the mill was owned by one bohannon a captain of confederate guerrillas. since the commencement of the war it had not been in operation except on rare occasions about one mile above Pohanan's mill there was another mill of smaller dimensions which had formerly been owned by a thorough union man who becoming a refugee had abandoned this mill also so when the residents in that region or any of the straggling rebel bands had occasion to grind their grain they always went to the upper mill More especially as it was believed that Crazy Madge had taken full possession of the lower one after its proprietor left, and that being occupied in sacrilegious rites, it was very generally believed to be unsafe to venture in that vicinity. Even the most reckless and hardy of the guerrillas held the spot in oil and avoided it in all times. Madge was seated in her own dough when Campbell entered the mill with Hayward in his arms she watched him closely but uttered no word she saw him emerge and meet the rebel band she watched their departure and then discovered the newcomer Krause green as he was known when he came forth from the mill madge still was seated in the cabin doorway smoking her pipe she did not even raise her eyes or pretend the least consciousness of his presence until with a rude slap upon her shoulder he said come old woman i want you the old creature pretended not the least surprise but raising her snake-like eyes to those of the speaker she said that the son of belial wish to know his fate i need not the aid of my magic charms to point it out to me in less than a month a most horrible death bah you old crone i'd dash your brain out for a copper you infernal croaking old buzzard I don't come to have my fortune told but i want you to serve me and you shall have gold do you hear old woman no fooling now and gold is yours gold it is the master key to the human heart and what am i to do for gold my bidding first i want a set of chains have you such things in your infernal den you can have them for gold she exclaimed Tottering to a closet and rattling the cold iron. I always keep them, it is necessary to my trade. Now for the bargain, old hag. You saw me enter that mill just now. Well, there is a captain confined, or will be confined before I leave him in the upper loft. He will be fastened. You must feed him daily just enough to keep life in him. I will give you a hundred to start upon more money than you ever saw, old woman. And when I return, if you have well done your duty as keeper, I will give you another hundred. Will you be faithful and keep the prisoner in safety from rescue? I swear it by my magic heart. Bah, blast your heart. Swear it by the gold you have received, and I'll believe you. But come. Green re-entered the mill, followed by Old Match. He seized the helpless Hayward and bore him to an upper loft. There he fettered him with the chains. And now I shall leave you here until we can attend to you at a more convenient time. He muttered as he gazed exultantly upon Hayward. He was about to leave him alone. Stay but a moment, cried the wounded man. Tell me of my sister. She has become the wife of Colonel Brown, of the Confederate Army, or, as you know him, captain walker of the federals liar cried Hayward. but no i will not use such terms now do you know who struck the blow which so nearly deprived me of life yes it is william nettleton he is also enlisted in the service of walker and i will tell you more in two days after you disappeared lieutenant wells was hung for your murder your sister flirt with walker who pretended the greatest friendship for her i performed the ceremony and to-night they are not three miles from you Hayward had become insensible and sunk to the floor green saw this and motioning to the old woman they left him alone that is the game i want you to play said green as they emerged from the mill of course all i have told him is false but i want you to carry it out because Colonel price wishes it as well as walker and as he is a most dangerous man to our cause i don't care how poorly he gets along it would be a good thing for us if he could never take the field again so see that you do your duty madge received her money and agreed to follow all the instructions he had given her green now returned at once to the camp and reported to walker it was just before the decision of the court-martial had been given and that officer was free not only from restraint but from anything which had as yet assumed a definite form he was delighted with the intelligence and resolved to take advantage of it soon as wells could be thoroughly crushed chapter ten